This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's a TGIF edition of BOL Daybreak here on the Built by Bama online podcast. That's right, a Friday. You know them, you love them, you work and look forward to them all week long. It's here, the start of another weekend, as we already near the completion of the first month of 2020. Crazy. We're already almost through January. Hey, a lot to get to on this edition of BOL Daybreak. And what we're going to do is kind of set the table for you From a sports perspective, it's a big weekend involving Alabama athletics. You're going to have gymnastics in Tuscaloosa for the first time this season. The Crimson Tide looking to rebound from a performance against Auburn that saw it on the light end of that scoreboard down there at Auburn Arena last Friday night, looking to right the ship, improve on those scores against a very good Oklahoma program this weekend in Tuscaloosa, but you're also going to have the Alabama men's basketball team on Saturday afternoon coming off a statement win, the really first big statement type win of the Nate Oates era at the University of Alabama, the Crimson Tide hammering rival Auburn on Wednesday night at Coleman Coliseum by a final score of 83-64, to really a wire-to-wire job for Alabama. And that 19-point win outscored the Tigers by nine in the first half and then by 10 in the second half. So really leaving no doubt, at least in this meeting with Auburn, as to who the better team was, Alabama getting it done from the free throw line. I know that sounds crazy, right? With some of the struggles that this program has had from the charity stripe, hadn't been so charitable in the past, but 29 of 37 for the game against Auburn on Wednesday night, including 25 of 30 in the second half alone, 30 trips to the free throw line. If you're going to overplay this Alabama team at the three point line, guys like Kyra Lewis and Herb Jones are going to shoot a lot of free throws. Those two combined between themselves for 19 free throw attempts in the game. They made 14, including Kyra going eight of nine from the line. Kyra finishes with 25 points, Herb Jones with a double of 14 points and 12 boards, and Alabama gets it done. And now sitting there at 2-2 in the league, and you figured if you got through that four-game stretch to open conference play with road games at Florida and Kentucky, a home matchup Wednesday night against a top-five team in the country in the Auburn Tigers – Another home matchup a week and a half ago against a still very talented Mississippi State team, even though the Bulldogs haven't necessarily played up to that talent level to this point of the conference season. But Alabama, right where reasonably you could have expected it to be at 2-2. Two and two. And with an opportunity on Saturday to move to 3-2 and two in conference play with a Missouri team coming off 
uh, a hammering of its own at the hands of the Mississippi State Bulldogs on Tuesday night. So it's there for Nate Oates' team, and we'll find out more about the mindset and the culture change that this program has been undergoing with Nate Oates in his first season. I think as much in a game like this against a Missouri team at 9-7 and seven and 1-3 and three in the league that Alabama is expected to take care of at home, and look, you're trying to continue to establish, reestablish Coleman Coliseum as an extremely difficult place to play. So on multiple levels, important for Alabama to carry over that momentum from the big win against Auburn into another home game and an opportunity to get on the right side of 500 in SEC play. So you got men's basketball on Saturday. Uh, and you know what else you're going to have this weekend? You're going to have official visitors uh, on the football recruiting front. And the next couple weekends, you're going to have that, for a matter of fact. So with that in mind, who else would we talk to on this Friday morning? Of course, we would check in with Hank South, recruiting analyst for BamaOnline.com. In fact, we're going to do that right when we return from this break on BOL Daybreak, part of the Built by Bama Online podcast. Back with more right after this. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. And there he is, Hank South, recruiting analyst for us there at BamaOnline.com. Joins us now on a Friday edition of BOL Daybreak, part of the Built by BamaOnline.com podcast. Hank, uh, it's been a little while since we've spoken here on the podcast, but that doesn't mean you haven't been busy. I know this Alabama coaching staff trying to put to bed, put the finishing touches on a 2020 recruiting class. And some of that work, uh, I guess a good bit of that work, uh, carries over these next couple weekends. So from that standpoint, as we bring you on here, Hank, what's it setting up to be like here in Tuscaloosa from an official visitor's perspective this weekend? Yeah, you know, the, the early signing period certainly cuts out a lot of the a lot of the late drama um, for February signing day. But, you know, there's still a couple of storylines we followed each year of the early signing period era. That's the same case this year. Um, this weekend, Bama's looking currently at three official visits. You know, if, if that changes, obviously, we'll, we'll update it on BamaOnline.com. But but right now, um, three guys are expected in town, two of which are commitments, one of which is a signee. Um, Kyle Edwards, the running back from Louisiana, he obviously signed in December. Um, just uh, getting in his official visit now since he had a late playoff run at Destrehan High School. And then Javon Baker, who did not sign in December but uh, has remained committed to Alabama He's had some academic hurdles. He's still working to clear. Um, he's on progress to do that um, and still intends to sign with Alabama in February. Um, but the most intriguing name of, of non-Alabama commits is, is Cedric Van Pran, who is a four-star center currently committed to Georgia that did not sign early, um, which you know a lot of people's eyebrows were raised a little bit when he didn't do that. Um, obviously, with the departure of Sam Pittman from Georgia to Arkansas, um, it's maybe left the door a little bit open for some of these uh, other programs like Alabama like Florida 
um, to kind of shove their way in and stay relevant in this recruitment. You know, I, I, I don't know if Cedric Van Pran has visited since last February. If he has, um, I was not aware of it, um, visited Tuscaloosa. So this will be a big visit, you know, Bama to kind of make their last pitch, see how interested he is, um, you know, and kind of just see where things stand there. Obviously, all you can really hope for at this point in time it is an official visit, um, you know, to, to stay involved. So we'll see what happens with said Van Pran. Um, he's going to Georgia next weekend and then Florida the final weekend before National Signing Day, um, uh, you know, hits in February. So um, three visitors this weekend. Obviously, you know, more guys can pop up. Sometimes underclassmen um, like to take these weekends to, to get on to, to campus as well. So we'll keep you uh, keep everyone updated on BamaOnline.com. Hank, is it a little bit of a surprise that Alabama may be making a run at another offensive lineman this late in the cycle, or could you kind of see this coming, perhaps? Um, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I feel like every time you know we have it all figured out as far as spots and and who they're going after position wise. You know, Bim always kind of, um, you know, changes it a little, changes it up a little bit. Uh, they they kind of go after somebody or alignment we're not really expecting, but you know, they, they've been interested in him before the early signing period. Um, Cedric Van Pran, that is. Um, Pete Golding went out to see him in Louisiana um, during that uh, contact period, um, and, and I'm sure they'll be back in, in uh, New Orleans to see him again this month, um, the next couple of weeks as, as the dead period lifts. So I don't think it's a huge surprise. They're also kind of still showing interest in Marcus Henderson, a four-star guard from Memphis. So it, it kind of looks like, you know, I think it's a little bit of a case of still looking at some offensive linemen, still evaluating some guys, and, and also, you know, just staying relevant with the guys that remain unsigned seeing you know you never know what's going to happen with your roster as far as you know the transfer portal area and all yeah. that I'm not saying anything's going to happen there but um you know you just i think uh part of it is just you know staying involved with the guys that didn't sign early and being involved with the the best available um recruits still out there as it pertains to the space you have yeah that was going to be a question or a, a comment following uh your report there is that what you don't know on the outside is what's going on on the inside off Bryant drive when it comes to the existing roster right. and how situations uh, from that perspective can sort of change things uh, late in a cycle like this one. Uh, Hank, let's talk about a couple of key targets uh, on the other line of scrimmage, the defensive side. And I know you're probably already uh, heard plenty about McKinley Jackson when it comes to questions about the Mississippi uh, defensive tackle, the standout that's still out there uh, in this 2020 class. Alabama, obviously involved. It sounds like LSU is going to be a big part of that. Auburn, I believe, has been mentioned in the past. Uh, is it more so an out-of-state uh, scenario that you envision here with McKinley Jackson? And you know, where do you think the Alabama stands right now with the big man? Yeah, you know, I, I threw in a crystal ball pick for Alabama last March at the Atlanta opening regional, and, and I've never really felt the need to change it yet. Um, I've always felt Bama was either either his leader or, you know, in his top two or three programs that he was considering. And I still feel like that, you know, three weeks from signing day. Um, I, I do think it's an out of state um, situation for McKinley Jackson. I actually talked with him yesterday and we obviously saw him at uh, the All-American Bowl in San Antonio. And, and he was saying he hadn't spoken to Lane Kiffin yet. Um, he was still kind of waiting and seeing what was going to happen with that. Um, he told me yesterday, or I'm, I'm sorry, he told me on Wednesday that uh, he, he had called off his Ole Miss visit. He was no longer planning to visit Ole Miss or use his official visit to Ole Miss, which was set for not this upcoming weekend, but next weekend. Um, you know, Freddie Roach is, is tied to the Giants job. Um, that was his 
primary recruiter there in Oxford, the defensive line coach. And I think that played a big role in that as well. Plus, you know, the fact that he hadn't really had that much communication with Lane Kiffin yet. Um, you know, this is one of these recruitments that we said was going to be intriguing to follow. And it, it certainly hasn't disappointed yet. Um, he told us on Wednesday that he was going to be at LSU this weekend, um, take next weekend off, then visit A&M the final weekend. Um, and then on, uh, on Thursday, um, it, LSU moved his official visit to next weekend. So he had, he doesn't have a visit this weekend, still going to A&M that last weekend. So, you know, uh, we'll see what happens if he pops up onto a, a campus this weekend. Um, I mean, that, that could certainly still happen. You know, schools are going to be trying to, to get him to do that. He's talked about possibly taking an unofficial visit to Alabama. You know, maybe does he decide to go ahead and drive up this weekend? We'll see. Uh, I think anything is possible at this point, but um, with McKinley Jackson, I think, it's Alabama, Texas A&M, I think LSU. I think those are the three major contenders. And, you know, with, with Thursday's news that Dave Aranda is, uh, is heading to Baylor, likely heading to Baylor, um, you know, that could play a major role as far as um, as far as his uh, his interest in LSU. So maybe we see this kind of shift more towards Alabama, Texas A&M. Um, but either way, Alabama is in this to the finish. How about another defensive lineman, Alfred Collins, Hank? What is that situation sort of unfolding to look like at this point. Yeah, that's another interesting one. Um, you know, he's been in contact with Brian Baker and Jeff Banks as his two recruiters from Alabama. He's talked about coming back out to Tuscaloosa on, on an unofficial visit. You know, it's kind of interesting with, with Alfred. He, he's already taken all of his official visits. He took all of them prior to um, the early signing period, but he opted not to sign early. You know, he, he, he kind of wanted to still consider it think it over, talk with his family about it, um, which leads me to believe he, he's really considering not going to Texas, which is where everyone kind of has just pinned him to since he's uh, in the Austin area. His mom played basketball at Texas um, and they've kind of been involved in his recruitment for so long. That's kind of where everyone's kind of linked him to, which I think is fair. Um, but I think the fact that he did not sign early, he, he's uh, he's continued communication with other programs like Alabama, uh, like Oklahoma. I think that shows that he's really considering um, you know, leaving Austin, leaving the Austin area for his college, um, for his college football. So uh, we'll see if, if he comes out to Alabama on an unofficial visit. You know, I, I think that'll be a really interesting kind of moment in his recruitment as far as, you know, how how in play Alabama really is. Um, until then, you know, I, I still have to kind of lean towards Texas um, with him. But, you know, I think Alabama and Oklahoma are keeping it very interesting. You mentioned Javon Baker coming into Tuscaloosa this weekend, uh, set to visit Alabama uh, this weekend, the Alabama commitment. What about those guys that have been committed to Alabama but didn't sign with the Crimson Tide uh, in December? You you got an update or two on that that small handful of commitments that that are still unsigned? Yeah, you know, I think the biggest update we learned this week was Javon Baker um, plans to take an official visit to Arkansas next weekend. We already mentioned he'll, he'll be in uh, in town this weekend in, in Tuscaloosa for his official visit. This is something he's talked about, you know, since July, um, eventually taking. I, I think that's maybe the best case scenario as far as other schools. Uh, no, no disrespect to Arkansas or anything, but, you know, I, I think, um, you know, I, I don't think they're a huge threat to potentially flip Javon Baker unless Bama were to go in a different direction, which I don't anticipate them doing that. Um, so, you know, he, he can take that visit. He might visit LSU the last weekend, maybe USC. Um, but, you know, talking to his camp, um, you know, as long as everything gets squared away on that, that academic side, it sounds like it would be a pretty big surprise if he didn't sign with Alabama in February. Um, Jamil Burroughs, you know, he, he's shut down his recruitment. He goes to the same high school with Javon Baker. 
same kind of situation as far as those academic hurdles, but you know, they're both working towards it. They both know what they have to do. And, um, you know, I anticipate Jamil Burroughs to still sign with Alabama as well. Jason Jones, you know, it's, it's really anybody's guess, you know, we've, we've, it's been well documented kind of where things stand with Bama. He's, uh, you know, being recruited as an offensive lineman. He wants to play defensive line. He has some official visits planned. He might go to Baylor this weekend. Uh, he might go to, or he's planning to go to Oregon the next weekend. So, you know, we'll just watch this week, week by week with Jason Jones, as far as where things stand there and, uh, and, you know, how it relates to Alabama. And then, uh, Damian George, you know, I, I don't anticipate anything changing with Damian George. I think he's solid with Alabama despite, um, uh, not, despite, you know, not signing early, uh, or saying he didn't sign early. So we'll see what happens there. And, um, you know, and that, that's the four guys that have, uh, you know, we're still watching as far as the current commitments. All about roster management, especially this time of year. And with that in mind, uh, we had the news at BamaOnline.com midweek that, in fact, Najee Harris would be back for his senior season uh, in 2020. Uh, we also have heard that Scooby Carter, the freshman defensive back, the corner from the state of Texas, uh, has officially withdrawn his name from the transfer portal. When you combine that with the early enrollees that were projected to go ahead and get on campus in January uh, and be on, on hand and be a part of spring drills in March and April. Uh, did that impact um, Malachi Moore, the safety from Hewitt Trustful or, you know, in terms of kind of, a, I guess, a change in plans for the, uh, for the talented uh, young safety? Yeah, you know, uh, you know, Bama was was anticipating a, a big early enrollee class. Um, they got all of them in. Malachi Moore, uh, actually, you know, not just Malachi. We you know we saw Malachi Moore have to wait um, for you know th- this past couple weeks to kind of figure out a spot. Um, same thing happened with Caden Clark. Um, you know, he had a knee injury um, and, and he opted to go ahead and sign uh, and decided to he's going to enroll next summer instead of uh, January as he originally had planned. So, um, you know, I, I think both of those guys kind of played into the, the numbers crunch. Um, obviously you have to have enough scholarship spots. Bama had a small senior class. Um, and then obviously guys come back that, that weren't originally anticipating coming back. So um, yeah, you know, I think that Malachi kind of just kind of got, got caught up in that situation. It wasn't anything with him. You know, he, he had already graduated. He was ready to enroll early. Um, it, it just turned out to be that uh, a space issue. So, um, yeah, you know, Malachi is going to be there in the summer um, and, and, you know, he'll, he'll be good to go then. So uh, but other than that, you know, I think big plus for them to get the rest of their guys in enrolled and, and good to go. Yeah, I guess a benefit too, Hank, when you talk about proximity to UA and for Malachi Moore, even if he isn't here in, in March and April as a, a student and as an everyday member of the football team, he can get over here. You know, I mean, he can, he can come to practices and, and get the mental reps really, uh, and kind of, you know, get himself adapted in some ways, uh, to the situation, uh, regardless, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's college football today. Isn't it Hank? I mean, between the transfer portal, between the three and outs, uh, our good friends at LSU, I think they're fine. I think they're <laughs> finding that out firsthand. I mean, the poor LSU people, Hank, they didn't have 48 hours to celebrate um, a national championship. I, don't know. I, I was just talking to Tim, uh, our publisher on BOL. And I was like, yeah, they didn't, it was immediately, you know, you got the, uh, the Odell Beckham stuff right after the game. You got Joe Brady leaving less than 24 hours later. It's like, they could, they couldn't you know, even, you know, you know, usually, 
usually after the game, you get to enjoy that 2.30 crystals, you know, and the chili <laughs> cheese fries at 3 a.m. before you have the heartburn of the mass exodus. But I don't even know. I don't even know if LSU fans were, were able to hit the crystals on on Bourbon Street. It may not mm-hmm. even be there anymore. Now that I think about it, probably it probably shouldn't be given its history. Hey, Hank, as always, man, we appreciate the time here on the Built by Bama online podcast. This time as a part of BOL Daybreak on a Friday morning. Thanks as always, and again, if you want to keep up with all the breaking news, whether it's recruiting, whether it's team, you've got hoops right now. We take care of you there at the roundtable on BamaOnline.com. First and foremost, that's where you're going to find us. But then updates throughout the day, throughout the night, throughout this upcoming weekend. Hank, Tim Watts, the rest of the staff there, we're going to have you covered at BamaOnline.com. Thanks a lot, Hank. Yeah, thanks, Travis. That's going to do it for a Friday edition of BOL Daybreak. Until Monday morning, have a great weekend, everybody.